Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, yo, what's up, world? This is DJ JS1 of the legendary Rocksteady crew. And right now, you're listening to The Library with my man, Tim Einenkel, on rapstation.com. Strictly the real hip-hop. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, players and chicken heads, my name is Buck, a.k.a. Mr. E. Tonight we like to introduce the main man, the man on the stage. His name is Rozell, place to be. And we came to tell everybody that when we rock the house, there is no doubt, there's no doubt, them high and mighty boys will turn it out, we're down. With the DJ Mighty Ma, and you know that we get hot, and you should not My next guest is simply a true artist. He has the ability to showcase his talents, not just rap, but in reggae, drum and bass, house rock, R&B, and other genres of music. He's a former member of The Roots. We all know him as the godfather of noise. He joins me from Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn, New York. Rozelle, thank you so much for joining me on thank the you. library. With thank Tim you. Thank you. If your mother only knew, if your mother only knew, if your mother only knew that you was trying to get with me, if your mother only knew, if your mother only knew. So I want to start from the beginning. Um, when did you start this whole artistic process? I mean, how did it begin for you? I mean, for me, it's always been an outlet, you know, because growing up in growing up in New York, you know, like in the late '70s, early '80s, you know, the Reagan era, it was really bad. So, you know, beatboxing and hip hop was pretty much an outlet for me, just to uh, it, it kept me out of trouble. You know, so kept me focused on other things, which was my creativity. Did the schools embrace that at the time? You know, I mean, not at the time. At the time, I think most of the schools were more sports driven. You know, football, baseball, you know, volleyball. You know, you know things like that. But far as like, um, you know, I mean, they had the band, but the band was mainly for. The athletes, (laughs) you know, so. Uh, it wasn't really uh, a lot of music courses back then. You know, it wasn't really too many, too many programs that educated you on music. So basically, we've got we we got our knowledge for music from the DJs that played in the parks. So that's that's what uh, that's what that was our schooling. That was our education. You know, listening to the DJs that would come out on the park, come out in the parks on the weekend. So was that? I mean, you know, everyone, you know, they say hip hop started out in the Bronx, right? Right. But you grew up in Queens. I grew up in Queens. Yeah. So, what is this? What is your story? What is the when all this was happening in the Bronx? See, my backdrop on the story, far as hip hop was concerned, is the Bronx was the first to record. 
mm, yeah. to actually put records out. So I can always debate where hip hop started. Right. You know, I, I think it was a New York thing, but I think the Bronx was more more relevant, and they were able to put out records. You know, thanks to uh, you know uh, Joey Joey Robinson, um, Sylvia Robinson, right. the whole Sugar Hill movement, because they was discovered by uh, Sylvia Robinson, so they were able to put out records at the time where a lot of the groups and MCs from Queens, it was more about the sound system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the sound system is huge, and, you know, that's what I remember when I was a little kid. I don't, you know, even though I'm related to Raheem from the Furious Five, you know, but as a kid, I I really didn't know Grandmaster Flash, you know, and, you know, my cousin was kind of, you know, with the Funky Four Plus One before he got with Grandmaster Flat. So I kind of was, and I was out of the loop. I was, you know, I'm his younger cousin. So right, right. I was kind of out of the loop. He's already doing his thing. But me coming up as a little kid, you know, the DJs that I've seen, you know, they were playing disco, break beats, and all these other things. And we would come out, dance, have a good time to it. So how did, for you, how did, like, how did beatboxing come about? Like, who did, I mean, if you're hearing all this, who who were your influences now, when, you, when you started out? But then also, right. has are they still your influences, or have that continued to grow as you grow as an artist? I, I think my first inception, far as musically, is you know once you know once Flash, Flash and the Furious Five and other groups from the Bronx started becoming more popular, far as like recordings and things like that. Everybody wanted to have a crew, so me being a young guy, I was a part of a crew as well. So, you know, short of having instruments or turntables or any type of other electronics, you know, we had to improvise. So I remember improvising Now Roger's song when he was with Sheik. Good times. Classic record. You know, used, sampled by the Sugar Hill Gang and you know, went to sell millions of records. But so that was one of the first records that I was then it wasn't called beatboxing. It was just like, okay, we don't have any equipment. So what are we gonna do? We either gonna bang on the table or somebody's gonna hum or harmonize right. you know, the music. So that became my job at an early age to do that. So when did you know like when did you know that this skill, this art that you should Continue to develop it. Like, you know, if, when, when if I heard, you were taking the lead on it, right? Like, when did you know that? When that I heard, when I heard Buffy from Fat Boys, oh. that's when it was Disco Three. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So when I heard him, this is I, I didn't even hear Dougie Fresh at this time. I was listening to Fat Boys. I had a tape, and a friend, a friend. Well, a lot of people were migrating from Brooklyn because you know Brooklyn and Queens is right next to each other. And they were migrating from Brooklyn to Queens. So we started to get a lot of influx of people from Brooklyn living in the neighborhood. So this one guy that lived around the corner from me, he had a tape of the Disco 3, and he played it for me. He's like, yo, you need to listen to this because there's this guy from Brooklyn that does the same thing that you do. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So at that point, it was like, okay, that's what's up. I'm sitting there like, okay. I'm better than this dude. You know what I mean? So, you know, back then there wasn't no internet, so you couldn't look nobody up. You just, you had to listen to a tape and just imagine like what he was doing. 
yeah. what he was doing and how he was doing it and how I was going to get to meet this guy. Did you ever meet him? No. No, no. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to actually meet him. I mean, in passing, because, you know, growing up in Hollis, you know, being around Run DMC, you're around a lot of people. So uh, I didn't get a chance to really, like, hang out or chop it up or anything like that with him. But, you know, never got that that shot to, like, go at him, as we would say. (laughs) You know, in the modern modern world, you know, 2016, you know, the battle championships and beatbox battles and all that, you know. Ours was grassroots. Right. You know, we had to go look for the person if we heard them. Was it a big, how big of a scene was it? Then? I mean, hip hop was young. Right. But beatboxing, like in terms of. I mean, beatboxing, was, it, was, it was one of those rare things. And if you was nice at it, then you was kind of like the man. Right. You know, because it wasn't like thousands of beatboxes like it is now. You know, because, I mean, for the, for the internet, the internet helped spread it worldwide. Um, we didn't have that then, you know, so we just had tapes. So the tapes would generate from borough to borough, then start going out of town. You know, you know, I would go down, I would go down south for the summer and I would hear tapes from New York. So, you know, it started, you know, getting around, but that was more underground and stuff like that. I don't think it would, it became once fat, once the disco three became fat boys and Dougie fresh, you know, put out his records that's when it became the phenomenon far as like everybody every group had a beatboxer like it was just, you know crazy when you read about when for this interview when you read reviews about your, your work mm-hmm. uh when i read you know a lot a very common word comes up diverse like you're diverse. the most diverse beatboxer totally. out there totally do you feel that way totally and then totally what have you done or why did you what was your goal? Was your goal to be the most diverse? See, my goal was because of the music that I, the, the, the I think what what made me f- follow that path of diversity was actually listening to Africa Bambada play, because you never knew what he was going to play. Like you can go to a club right now, you know the top ten songs that the DJ is going to play. Right. You know automatically, so it's not like Bambada would play some songs that you've never heard in your life, and, and he would find the break, and you sitting there like, yo. So everybody would sneak their little recorder <laughs> and record what he played and go home and listen to it like, yo, where did he get this record? You know? So that's when Digging came about right. because we didn't know because, you know, the DJ used to mark the name off the vinyl. Or scratch it out, so you didn't know what it was. So what I used to do, I used to go downtown to one of the record stores, and I had to beatbox the record. So the guy, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it was one of those things, you know. But Bambada used to play. It wasn't like it wasn't just disco. It was it was you know incredible bongo band, like you know groups like that. Like that's not disco. Right, it's most random. It's most random, rare, eclectic. Music from all over the world is crazy. Yeah, a lot of people obviously know you for a boatload of your sounds. Like what right. you, whatever, I don't know how you do it, you create sounds out of nowhere. Uh, how does this, I mean, how does this come about? I mean, you know, like, are you walking down the street and this, you, something pops into your brain? And you're Pretty like, much. I'm just going to do that. And then, Every, I mean, it, from jazz, everything is improv. It's like, how you feel, what environment you're in, the mood, 
everything is developed on what's your surroundings, you know. So that's how you know some of the stuff you you study, you know, you listen to a record, you're trying to get a particular sound, but most of the creative stuff you come up with it depends on where you are. Have you, you ever know? accidentally created a sound like you were working on? I don't yeah, know, singing, all the time. Being a bird, all, all then, the time, all the time. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, I was trying to draw a tree, and I grew drew a bird. Don't know how that happened, <laughs> which is why I'm not drawing anymore. But it happened that way. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's like, like, oh, whoa, no. whoa, look at that. Make it yellow. It's a tweet. It's a chick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, I mean, you know, creativity, you have no control over it. But to me, it's all about how you're feeling, your mood, your environment, you know, the temperature. It's, it's a very sensitive thing. Like I could be in a creative mood, then something happened, then I'm not. You know, it's very, uh, it's a very emotional thing. Is there a sound that you you're kind of like right now the most proud of that you've done, or uh, you know, or, or, or something I mean, that you like you work, you just worked the hardest. I think sound. the most difficult sound ever is the piano. How do you? Now, know? Okay, when you listening to the okay, like if you take a Rhodes, yeah. a Rhodes sound is more human. Because it's more warmer in depth, but a piano sound is at this octave that I haven't really heard anybody duplicate. Right. You know, I've I've tried. It's just, you know, even if you sing it, you know, like when you sing and you you hold a note, like if you play a piano C, it's gonna be a different C from a vocal C. But if you play the roll C, it matches. Right. You know, so. So that's a working process. A it's, it's, yeah, it's it's a working. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those processes. Like, hey, let's let's try to get it before we 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 check out of this place. You know what I'm saying? You've obviously worked with a lot of people. You work with Bjork. Yeah. traditional producer DJ you know or or even the singer or MC on a song Mm -hmm. you ask them how this beat happened and they go well so and so was playing me a bunch of beats one day and we got to like the hundredth beat and I was like that's it you're creating these beats from your mouth how do you are you when you work with someone like that are you doing these beats live as as she's singing or do she tell you what she's gonna write about she'll give me a blueprint like she'll play some music 
just I just want you to I'm gonna I'm gonna strip everything away from this so whatever you hear in this I want you to emulate it but your way I don't want you to imitate it so she's 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 giving me free autonomy to do whatever I want what what I hear or what's in my mind I'm recording this, this yeah happens. yeah yeah so that album was kind of improv improv totally and did you ever go back to I guess correct no the improv no no it's like having a jam session right and this this go how do you this go okay we, oh we like that part we like that part so it's like being able so it's freestyling yeah 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 and, but not being able to I mean be able to take it back maybe an edit no 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 really no 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 big edits no big edits if anything this addition like they were played over okay this is what we got oh wow I like the way y'all did that let me add this to it and is your portion of whatever the artist is trying to express yeah, yeah. is that can that be read by whatever emotion you're bringing into it or sound or certain sounds you might yeah make? so when, what I heard whatever she played I listened to the vocals and what she was singing about so it just you know it predicted how I felt you know like where is the line with you you know like where's the bound that's the way I took it where's the boundary so in my mind if I was a composer or if I had an orchestra, what would that sound like? You know what I mean? Like if I had to conduct. So I'm conducting mentally so it can come out vocally. Where is the... You know what I mean? So it's like... One of you know, it's one of those things. When I heard the, the melody, I was like, "Okay, you can lock into that." Obviously, you know you're a person of many talents. Why have you decided to? put your feet in so many genres of music i mean i mean it, like i said it's like listening to bambata it's like why do you want to put yourself in one hole. particular thing like i can listen to i can listen to 10 djs and you can tell what they're gonna play that bam bambata it was something about the way he introduced music it was always a lesson and you, it always made you think. It always made you wonder where he got it from. It always made you wonder who the artist was. So I was always intrigued by who these artists are. Like, so when I started, when I when I started doing work with the Roots, that even opened up more doors because now I'm working with a lot of jazz artists, a lot of jazz singers. So it just kept it just kept developing on its own, and that was the natural progression for me to follow that. You know this the type of music that I like, period. I mean, I like all genres of music. You know, don't get me wrong, hip-hop, you know, that hardcore thump, mob deep, like, I love that. But at the same time, my taste and my palate for music is has expanded just because early on in my life, I was exposed to different genres of music. When you do different genres of music, 
and we talk about expression, mm-hmm. what does let's say a hip hop hip hop give you or allows you to express versus let's say rock and roll or right. let's say versus right. drum and bass versus right. reggae? Right. How are each of these different for Rozelle the artist as when he tries to express himself? See, like rock and roll, like you know, I grew up around Run DMC, so right. it was able to fuse hip hop and rock together and take it to a whole nother level. So that became a part of my portfolio, you know, far as like music that I wanted to fuse with. So that's why I work with artists like Ben Harper, you know, Mike Patton, you know, so, you know, to me it was like natural because that's what I grew up listening to. That's what I was around. It was normal, you know? We're at Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to go on live right. in a couple hours or an hour. It's Rozelle and Friends. Uh, kind of briefly, if you could talk about what a fan will expect tonight or they're going to listen to us afterwards, what right. you expect from a live show, what we're going to hear about the show. But also, what do you enjoy when you do a live show versus a studio mm-hmm. recording? What does the live show allow you to do that? I mean, besides from playing with you know being back and forth the fans but what does it allow you to do versus a studio i mean mean the the live the live show allows me to to really go into my personality where you actually see my personality this is you know that's who i am off off and on stage you know but in the studio you really can't see that you just you just hear everything where the stage is this uh another form of expression of who i am as a as a person you know, so but tonight, what uh, um, the audience, what I want them to walk away with is, you know, this, you know, we having a park jam, we bringing we bringing hip hop back to the park, where you know the DJ is gonna get on, he's gonna spin, he's gonna do his thing, the tricks and the techniques, and then you know we're gonna bring out your favorite rapper, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I mean that's how we did it back in the eighties, that's how we did it in the nineties. And when it's friends, Rozelle and friends. And friends, yeah. Is this the type of show that you guys know each other just so well yeah. that you don't... P-Rock, really... you know, P-Rock, yeah. he, um, he produced uh, All I Know. Right, yeah. And um, Lars Professor, me and Lars Professor have a long history because when I first started recording back in, back in 83, um, a producer named Paul C., Famous producer back then. He produced Eric B and Rakim, yeah. Steezo, Mikey D. I mean, Super Lover, C. Casanova, Rudd. Some really huge, you know, monumental records that helped push and elevate um, hip hop. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, but I, me and Lars Professor connection was him because I used to sneak in the studio after midnight after everybody was gone to record because I didn't have any money right. <laughs> so he used to let me come in there but he used to tell me about all these guys that he was working with Large Professor Farrell Monch you know um, Onyx like all these guys like yo you gotta listen to this like so he was kind of like my intel to what was going on in the hip hop world I mean I was so far outside trying to get in but he was like my little peephole to what was going on in the hip hop was like yo you really gotta you know check this guy out this is large professor I'm like oh wow this is crazy so we kind of know the same people we both grew up in Queens you know we kind of like this in the same circle you know so this past week uh, there was news that 
Brooklyn Bowl supposedly is not is getting sold and right. uh, not going to renew its lease. Right. And who knows? Maybe that would change in three or four years. But what is what is happening to? It seems like a lot of this is happening to a lot of concerts and venues, especially in New York City. What is yeah. happening to the live concert scene in New York City? I mean, it's really hard for me to answer that because you know, because you have a lot of bigger corporations and you know entities that are kind of buying up a lot of things and kind of controlling what music is played where. You know, so. You know, it's really hard to dictate where it's going to go. And hopefully, you know, we have somebody that kind of grew up on that music and Continue to. appreciate it and want to at least have, you know, one or two venues that cater to that. Yeah. What's next for you? Live show? I mean, right now I'm, I'm doing my music series. Like I got the Rozell and Friends. And then, um, you know, I moonlight as a DJ. So I play for a little older crowd. You know, older school hip hop, eighties, nineties stuff. Then um, I have a, um, a music series that um, I have an orchestra that I'm playing at the Symphony Space. So I'm trying to build that. Then I'm trying to take like Rozelle and Friends. I'm trying to take that to like Aruba and Saint Croix and Europe and things like that because you know I think there's a there's a space for it. You know, and I think there's people that want to see it. You know. He's the great Razel. Yeah. Uh, Razel, we're live from Brooklyn Bowl. Thank live you so much Bowl, for man. joining me on the live at TermineGotRapStation.com. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I swear solemnly that I forever rock steadily. People want to know what Malik, he right next to me, the weaponry. The secret recipe, hard to peep this deep shit shows I eat with. Contaminated thoughts I walk the street with. I bayonet cassettes and chop beats with. This Olympic lyricism you can't compete with. Globe traveling, throwing your verse like a javelin. Things fall apart and MCs unraveling. Backstage whispering to management like change the order. It's no way that we can rock after them. My man's want the throw like what's happening. From the latest hiatus the roots back again. Your crew practice in a cast just natural blend. They packages read care when handling this old soft shit. Batteries not included with. Matter of fact, your whole front's a reenactment. I blow your body ass into fragments. P5D, the New Testament. Mike Specialist, what? I represent the Pentasty, Lyrical Click, 100% Dundee, Ballet B. I represent the B5D, Gorilla Click, 100% Dundee, Black Door. I represent the Pentasty, Lyrical Click, 100% Dundee, Ballet B. I represent the B5D, Gorilla Click, 100% Dundee. Camilla Ella, Tan Tan Pong Cock, ready to rock while I'm out in the clouds. Steve's out, off through your block, watch the tone, play the cup, but what? Could get chice, got the personality, name trite, ready to ice, smash and grab, snatch the ice, crush your mental device. Thought twice, should have thought once. I played for the dunce. Dialogues, I'm out of rate. Cool out, we out of state. Just blending in the gray. Give me room to ventilate. Most niggas is fraudulent. The rap sergeant, barging through your regiment. Call your president. Hitting all targets, cause it's a cause that's lost. Between the killers when they probably Teddy Rucks been soft. Dropping tears is still two drops up in the bucket. Facing three hots and a cop, so yo, fuck it. If I get abducted, trapped up in the belly. Whack up my celly, get known like Don Stelly. You know the dilly on the deli in the grinned up. If I sit, you got a bend your kite to send it up. We press up on your corner with windows to send it up. Lay our pots face down on the ground and give it up. Uh, face on the ground and give it up. Yeah, yeah.
yo, Black Thought, I represent the Fifth Dynasty, Lyrical Click, 100% Dundee, Malik B, I represent the B5D, Gorilla Click, 100% Dundee, Black Thought, I represent the Fifth Dynasty, Lyrical Click, 100% Dundee, Malik B, I represent the B5D, Gorilla Click, 100% Dundee, why you pose for pictures, I'm the invisible enigma, down low, scope you off the roof like the fiddler, cage you up in a vocal booth, you're held prisoner, watch, while I'm banging out this hot shit from Sigma, Illidel, PA, live without a DJ, and it's been that way since Sergio Valente, yo, the roof's rolling it down, is all you can say, plus the black door MC, professionally, push pins of paper like Chino Archibe, thumping, what was your assumption, I lace your function, making a black door production, word up, I'm on something, Stella, hold on course, I'm going blunting, travel light and broadcast via satellite, Illa Fib, dynamite, lyrically calculus, and it's arithmetic, hip hop, metropolis, but loyal fiends, copping this hot shit, Now I'm saying hot shit, word up, in a fifth hot shit, yo. Black Thought, I represent the fifth dynasty. Lyrical click, 100% Dundee. Malik B, I represent the B5D. Gorilla click, 100% Dundee. Black Thought, I represent the fifth dynasty. Lyrical click, 100% Dundee. Malik B, I represent the B5D. Gorilla click, 100% Dundee. Check me out, Jeff. Come on, check me out, Jeff. Come on, check me out, Jeff. Come on, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.